Once more unto the breach, dear friends. Else, else fill the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to another exciting, at least for us, episode of The Personal Wealth Coach, starring Jeff and Jake McClure. McClure. All right. Did we get that right? Well, we I, I had to watch your lips because the lag on the video is the same as the lag on the phone. So I, I think we can do this. Okay, if we have any, we're still looking for English dead to fill the walls up with. So if you have any spare English dead laying about. Forward them to house, our address of record, yes. Yes, and we will be more than happy to fill up walls, with, which is makes for really stinky walls. Yes. That's all right. But, you know, it, it's, it's supposed to end sieges if you threaten that. Well, so. you know, I've been to Europe and I've been around the United Kingdom, and they do have a lot of walls filled with bones. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense. Apparently, that was a, that was a big deal. It was a very popular thing to do: is fill up the walls in the basements with bones. For those of you who don't know the reference, that quote we say at the beginning of our program every week is from Henry V by some guy named Bill, and uh, he wrote a lot of weird stuff. But that one, the Battle of Harfleur in Henry V, is one that kind of sums up how we feel when we're heading into a radio program for two hours, in which we could. Um, cause ourselves to be the English dead that we're filling up the wall with. There's a exercise we did in Europe when I was in the army during the cold war that, uh, coded information was sent out and you had to react properly to it. And the, the actual exercise, this coded exercise that we did every once in a while with no warning was called career destroyer. And I think that's what we should call this radio program. Right. Anything we say could be career destroyer. So yeah. back to Operation Career Destroyer. We got to do our disclosures and disclaimers. I think that first was a off, pretty good one to begin with. The Operation yeah. Career Destroyer, first disclosure. We should probably change the name of the radio program. Yeah. Career Destroyer. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. And the Personal Wealth Coach is not only the name of the radio program, it's also the name of a registered investment advisory firm that does wealth management for people with who are financially independent or getting close to being financially independent and is registered with the securities, the United States securities and exchange commission, which in no way applies their approval or disapproval of it. It simply says that's who our regulator is. And the only reason they're our regulator, as opposed to the state being a regulator, just means more than we have more than a hundred million dollars under management. So the sec takes over at that point. See, that was good. That was it. That's it. Uh, uh, we've got more disclosures, though. We'll disclose for the next three hours, and then we'll begin our two-hour program. Right. Right. Um, so the personal wealth coach, he just said, is an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. That means they, that the firm gives fiduciary investment advice. But this is a radio program, and it's impossible to give fiduciary investment advice on the radio because... There's privacy and there's got to know the person you're talking to. And it's supposed to be custom advice to the person. It's really hard to do that in a one size fits all custom clothing store. So it's educational. Yep. So it's, uh, we're, we're going to be oxymoronic educational. How's that? And the information we present on this educational radio program has been obtained from sources we deem to be reliable, but we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness of said information. How'd you like that one? You, that I, you always ask me how I like it. And it, it, it means when you ask me how I like it, it means that you liked it. I did. Yeah. So I will tell you how I liked it. I like that you like it. For Good. some reason, folks, he loves to say the, legal 
jargon at high speed, like it's saying Peter Piper picked up picked up pick up pickled peppers. Peck the pickled peppers. Yeah. Pick a picker pickle. Yeah. Yeah. Pickle. Yeah. Whatever. But what happened yeah. this week in the market? I wish well, there was like a theme music we could play there that sounded like superheroes or something. We can. We can we could come up with some theme music. You're the expert on that stuff. What we should do is just hum off key in a very inspirational way. That's what should happen oh, okay. for all economics um programs is that off key humming should be the oh, all right, they're gonna go from one boring subject to the next. And now well, on the, to the next boring subject. The stock market, which is not boring to some people. No, it's not boring to me at all. Their financial lives depend on it. But if you ask um, my six-year-old, that, that's that's all I'm saying. Well, it, it, we do say what, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Yeah, but some stock markets are fascinating to six-year-olds. Gum stock and candy no, stock. No, probably the uh, Fort Worth stock show would be fascinating. The stock market in Fort Worth. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's October, and you can tell by the way the market's behaving. Um, it's spent Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday in a sag, obviously headed into a depressive episode, bipolar depressive episode. And as the inflation data came out and came out pretty much what everybody thought it was going to come out to say, but it was still inflation year over year was quite high. And a big chunk of these this inflation noise, which it is, it's noise, is the simple fact that a year ago things were in the pits, and we were looking at deflation and we came surging back in a hurry and people made up for lost time buying a lot of stuff that they didn't buy earlier, which forces supply and laws of supply and demand being in effect, forced the price up. So it's mostly noise, but it's loud noise and it's scaring people. But on Thursday and Friday, the market, Mr. Market, we call it, which is the collective uh, activities of all the traders. Sexist. You do not know the market's preferred pronoun. We have to be careful. It's traditional. It's kind of like you call ships she. Yeah, you but, call the market he. But if you say mankind in the wrong crowd, you might get like a rotten tomato thrown at you. So it could be. It gotta, could be. But if you speak a language other than English, like Spanish or German or something. That's true. Even even, even pieces of furniture have. Oh, uh, the table. She is so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. You can't say really the table. He is bad. so handsome because it would be terrible. That was a much more Canadian French accent than a yeah. French accent. Sorry, guys. I might you can accent. get in trouble there too. Yeah, I'm going to be in anyway, a lot of trouble. So for three days it went down, and for the next, and then come Wednesday night, earnings started getting announced from the third quarter from some major company, the banks, and Alcoa, and other people started to announce their earnings, and there was kind of an assumption that they were going to be bad because the third quarter was bad. It was. The the Delta variant was being deltish, and this, the uh, the supply chains were being chaotic. And but what that means things, is that you used the word assumption at the beginning of this, and mm -hmm. and there's a common joke where people know the meaning of the word assume. Yes, it um, means ah, sue me. Ah, sue me. Oh, that's that's a different one. It actually means that's to rise one. unto heaven or the throne. And if you oh, well. do it too soon, you the, the the current king might be upset. So, yeah. Uh, so anyway, the assumption was made that earnings would be bad, but they weren't. They weren't. They're, in fact, they the were ones, absolutely the opposite in most cases. The the earnings that have come in so far from the banks and from Alcoa. Uh, Alcoa is one of the early reporters in, in on earnings traditionally, 
And they reflect a lot that goes on in the economy. When the price of aluminum goes up dramatically, and it went up dramatically, and the profits at Alcoa went up dramatically, it means people are buying a lot of aluminum, and they don't buy aluminum to speculate. They don't buy aluminum and put it in a bank vault someplace. There are aluminum collectors out there going, I need some more aluminum. There are aluminum collectors. I see them on the sides of the road sometimes. Yeah, that's a different kind of collection process, though. By the way, aluminum collection... Aluminum collectors have become more profitable recently because of the rise in the price of aluminum. But that's besides the point. See, you can say aluminum a lot of times and it sounds really cool. Unless you're um, in Australia and then it just, or the UK, and then it just sounds weird that we're not saying aluminium. Aluminium, yes, that's true. Uh, Which sounds so like somebody's when, name. What's your name? When the price, aluminium. When the, when the price of aluminium goes up, it's because there's a high demand for aluminium. That's used in in electronics across the board. It's used, obviously, in a lot of packaging and so on. But it's primarily being used in electronics. Well, what does that mean? Well, cars cars. and trucks and everything's electronics now. Mm -hmm. So aluminum before was in use in like high-speed racing engines because you could solid mold the engine in the way you wanted it exactly right and so on, but it was a very expensive process. That process has become a lot less expensive just in time for the engines to be completely replaced by electrical stuff, which is all aluminum anyway. So aluminum is going up in demand across the board just with technology. It's nice that it's one of the most abundant minerals on the planet. By the end of the week, the Standard Poor's stock index, which is 500 stock index, which is what our we primary follow, was up 1.82% for the week. It didn't break any records, but it's within a couple of percent of its record. Uh, it's The index is up 19% this year and 28% from a year ago. We follow another index, the CRSP mid-cap value index, because we like mid-cap value, and it's kind of the opposite of the large-cap growth companies that tend to drive the S&P 500. And it rose 1.58% for the week to 251059. Um, I didn't say the S&P 500. It was, it was at 44.71. But it's up 22.39% this year. So in the 2021 race for December 31st, the CRSP mid-cap value index is in the lead. Must have an aluminum engine. Um, meanwhile, the U.S. Treasury 10-year yield Fell about 2%, but it's still at 1.574%, which doesn't sound like much, and it's not much, except that it's a lot higher than it used to be. Uh, it's up 71%. Of the yield on the 10-year Treasury note is up 71% for 2021 so far. That's pretty serious rise in interest rates. Um, and there's more to come in all likelihood. We're going to talk about that during the radio program today. Here's the biggie for the week, if you like to follow these numbers, and we do. We're geeks. The price of West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil, which is affectionately known by professionals as WTI, not, WTI, not not F. That right, that's WTI. A different thing. That's a different thing. Yes, go ahead. What? It's what the indicator? Yeah, rose another three point six two percent. It crossed the eighty dollar line. That's kind of a psychological barrier. It closed. It didn't actually. It doesn't actually close at the, the week out. It continues to trade through the weekend. But after the market, the stock market closed at some point. I just randomly pull a number out of there. And it uh, was it on late Friday. It was at eighty two dollars and thirty seven cents. It is today at eighty two sixty six. So it's just fluctuating, it's right continuing to rise. Area. Yeah, it's continuing to rise. The change that changed from the beginning of September, just from the beginning of September, the price of oil 
Now, this, the WTI is a U.S. benchmark. Brent is the global benchmark for oil. It's up 32%. Just I, I always want to say September. Brinchmark, by the way. That's just Brinchmark? Yeah, because when you say Brent benchmark, it's just Brinchmark. Easier. But it could be a Brent. It's a Brent mark. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. It's actually technically North Sea Brent, but the oil oil is up over 70% this year, and you can tell, and 102% from a year ago, and if you don't think that is significant, just take a look at what you're paying per gallon for gasoline. Yeah. Um, and But it's still, and it one of the re- prime reasons, there's a couple of reasons that oil is up, but prime reason that oil is up right now in price is because the price of natural gas is up, and the price of natural gas is up a lot, 113% this year and 47% in the last three months. Why is it up so high? Well, because as we have resurged across the United States and they have resurged across Europe and they're resurging in China, there's a lot of demand for natural gas. And at the same time, our abundance of natural gas was largely being generated by fracking. And the fracking drilling has fallen off for several reasons. Uh, we can talk. We're going to talk about that in the rest of the show too. But yeah, we got uh, lots to talk about on that subject. So we'll be we'll be filling in the gaps there. The economy is moving the markets, and the markets then tend to move the economy, which is incestuous to say the least. It's all people. That's the thing: is that the people keep and, getting involved in the market and the economy. And if they would just get out of it, well, I guess nothing would happen. One of the things that we did not disclose earlier is how to contact us this morning on uh, 10-16-2021. If you would like to pose a question to us, you can you can email us at either Jake, well, actually, preferably do both, Jake or and Jeff, just Jake at tpwc.com or Jeff at tpwc.com, and we will answer your questions on the air. Sounds good. Did you hit everything on the market? I Well, I touched on everything on the market. Yeah, I mean, touched, there's, touched, there's not quite a hit. You can't really get too forceful, I understand. I can tell you that there's some good news in that in this in the rising interest rates, in that the 30-year Treasury note is rising, Treasury bond, but Treasury bond is rising too. And as a result, as the interest rates go up, as the 10-year rate goes up, and the 20-year and the 30-year rate goes up, we're getting a steepening yield curve. There's a lot of debate over why this is, and I'm not going to get into why it is, but historically. The steepness of the yield curve and the shape of the yield curve is a really good forecaster about what's going to happen in the next 6 to 12 months in the stock market and in the economy. A steep yield curve like we are seeing developing now, getting steeper, that is means an indication. Interest rates are higher in the future than they are up close. And if you think of it right. as, a, as a, a line that's kind of curved, really low interest rates in the bank when you can grab it at any point. But if you put it in a CD, it's a little bit higher interest rate and so on. And if you think from the bank's perspective, a 30-year loan is now a much higher interest rate than a 15-year loan. Right. If you go back one year, that was not the case. They were very close to the same thing. Go ahead. Yield curve can be steep, which indicates historically that indicates we have a good, healthy growth in the economy coming down the road and a good, healthy growth in the stock market. And it can be inverted. And if it's inverted, that means that the short-term rates are higher than the long-term rates. And that indicates that everything's about to go south for the winter and it's not good. And it's a pretty good forecaster of bear markets and recessions. And we have a very steep yield curve, which should make everybody clap their hands and jump for joy. Unless, of course, you're trying to get a new mortgage, in which case you're not too happy. Right. Because interest rates are going up. 
Hey, August machine tool orders. It's highest mark in three years. Machine tool orders. Yes. Have you ever seen tooling a... orders? Oh, okay. Okay. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. They machine... Well, machine tools are the things that make machine hard stuff. Yeah. Machine... Well, they... Machining tools. Yeah. They're the things that machinists use to make all stuff. kinds of metal things and in very rare cases, wooden things. Yeah, they're and it's magical, from my opinion. Actually, manufacturing technology orders, all kinds of manufacturing technology, are up ninety eight percent from two years ago. You know why is that important? We mentioned that in the newsletter. Why do why do we think that's important? When companies and this is just an indicator, manufacturing is a piece of the United States economy. It's not the biggest piece, but it's an important piece. And when manufacturers look down the road that when they when they choose to buy a machine tool uh they they choose to buy physical technology in many of these cases by the way these are computerized machine tools they're very expensive and they commit the manufacturer to pay for to to invest in something and it's better make profits over the next 10 years or so or it's not worth investing in and when they feel looking at their markets, looking at everything else that's going on, that this is a good time to make a 10-year investment in the future of the economy. That generally indicates it's a good time to make a 10-year investment in the future of the economy and indicates the economy is going good places in the near future. Uh, that's one of those uh, really esoteric uh, items that I like to follow, and I think it's pretty important to follow. I agree. It's things are about to get a lot better. In other words, it's what they're what they're saying. I can't, I can't make that promise, but I think it's true. There, there are a couple of other things touching on inflation. I wanted to touch these things too. Um, the Wall Street Journal, touch them. just in its economy section, which is the maybe least read portion of it, uh, is talking about inflation in cities. So this is something that's easy to track. You're looking at the same items in different cities and you compare them. And if you're looking at the same items that they use to track inflation with in general, you can get a really good number. And what they've discovered is something that should not shock any economist, but may shock a lot of people that aren't into economics. And that is that the largest cities had the lowest inflation rates. People go, huh? How is that? Well, in big cities... Well, first, let's take a step back. The biggest part of inflation, we mentioned this in the newsletter, we talk about it on the radio quite a bit. The biggest part of inflation that we're seeing right now is in food and energy still. If you take those things out, we're not seeing as much inflation as it looks like. But if you just co concentrate on food and energy, well, you'd think, well, if you're a big city, shouldn't that be more expensive? you got to get it there. It's not like they make the food there. It's not like they come up with the energy there. Why is it less expensive in New York over the change amount? It's inflated less. And that's because a lot of people in New York live in apartments. It's less expensive to heat an apartment than to eat a single family dwelling. Than to eat? Than to heat. There was a silent oh. H. It was, it was hiding. Well, as, if you're... Uh, see my, yeah, see my Sesame Street skills here. If, if you're a termite, then you'd want to eat a family dwelling. But right, that's true. Otherwise, you just want to heat it. So it's cheaper to heat. It's cheaper to cool. Uh, and it's also kind of bulk purchasing food. 
where if and it's easier to get the logistical support for the city because there's more market there. So more of the truck drivers are going to the place with with the most people, which is keeping the prices from rising as fast in New York than it is just a couple of miles from New York City, where the trucks come to the grocery store maybe three times a week. In New York City, you've just got a constant flow of trucks going in and out of New York. So what you've got is that high traffic is leading to less inflation. That tells you that this is temporary inflation. Uh, because if it were not, you would see sort of the opposite. You would see the prices going up just as fast or faster in the big cities because either they have a higher demand or the items are just harder to get. So all of the all of the numbers that we're seeing are still looking at two to three years of inflation that nobody's going to enjoy, but it is temporary because the technology is coming to to help us there. The word is transitory. Yeah, that's what everybody. But but transit authorities get upset about it, and um, and so I I I tend to say temporary instead of transitory. Just just yeah. for the fun of it. And. A lot of the shortages that are running inflation up right now, particularly in cars and trucks, are going to go away. Factories are being built to build the chips that are causing the shortages. And we're going to, and the, the big thing, and this is probably the biggest issue, we don't have core inflation. Right. Uh, inflation in one month, it was a big deal about the CPI jumping so much in one month. But if you pull out the, the big variables, the ones that bob around and jump around all over the place, Inflation was only 0.1% from August to September. And that means that's a 1.2% yield or growth in inflation. Let me get one other thing out of the way here. It's important to recognize what happens when you get inflation in narrow areas as opposed to systemic inflation. When you get inflation in narrow areas, and we are seeing inflation in narrow areas like computer chips, People invest a lot of money there because the price went up. Therefore, it makes sense to invest the money to cause to make money off that high price. And so we're going to build a bunch of factories and mark this down someplace if you track such things. Down the road a few years, there will be a crash in prices in computer chips because we'll have too many. Yeah, and and the cost of electronic devices will drop significantly. A few years ago, we had oil at $100 a barrel, and we had... Peak oil had supposedly already passed, and the world was going to come to an end because oil was going to be so expensive. And then about a year ago, it was a negative $35 a barrel. Why? Because when oil gets expensive, and it's working on getting expensive right now, by the way, yeah, it causes people to go out and drill, find ways to make more oil. That's the wonder of a free enterprise capitalist system. And I know that's not particularly popular in some areas right now to talk about capitalism and free enterprises being good. But it certainly improves our standard of living, and it works. This is the important thing. It works. And when we get a crisis in price, when we get a crisis in labor, that's when the innovators jump out there and invent things and create things and manufacture things that automate and raise the standard of living across the board. And it's been going on for hundreds of years since the first Industrial Revolution, and it's still going on, and I like it. I've got a couple of predictions. I'm going to jump out on okay. the here. Prediction. Prediction uh, number one. Heating and uh, oil, gas prices are going to go up through the winter. Prediction number one. Prediction number two, between now and the end of November, prices for food are going to drop. It's harvest time. Welcome to autumn, folks. 
So it's all linked to seasons. We usually get the most inflation and food prices in September. Just keep that in mind when we're talking about record-based food price jumps and so on. It's partly, at least, because food grows at certain times of year better than at other times of year. And I realize that's common sense and it shouldn't be involved in the stock market at all, but economics. Uh, And in this case, it's harder to move it around, so it's going to be more expensive than it was. But there's going to be more of it in a short period of time, and a lot of the grocery chains have been moving to localize their grain purchases, localize their milk purchases, and so on. That's part of the thing that's been happening over the last year. So There there are some very well-respected, by me at least, economists out there that aren't worried about inflation. They're worried about disinflation, which is similar to deflation because we are capable of creating production facilities and transportation facilities and means of moving things around at a much higher rate than we've ever done before. Automated trucks are coming online. It's going to happen. And we generally overdo it and push prices down. So we're not worried about inflation to say the least. And very critically, we're out of time. But if you would like to discuss the idea of portfolio management, having your portfolio managed and your wealth managed, our assistance in wealth and management, the personal wealth coach, we think is a good place to discuss it. We might be a little prejudiced on the subject, but we are highly prejudiced on the subject. And you can give us a call during the week. We have live people answer phones. We don't have a phone tree. And during the week, during the weekends, we of course do have voicemail. uh, voicemail. And you can contact us locally at 254-947-1111. Or you can reach that same voicemail on the weekends, real live people on the week, uh, toll free at 1-800-914-7526. That's 800-914-PLAN. You can go to our webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com or tpwc.com. That's that's Uh, the same name as the radio show. Yeah, we've got uh, podcasts, radio programs going back lots and lots of years. You can go to any podcast provider for that as well. You can, at that same website, contact us through the contact form or email us directly at jeff at tpwc.com or jake at tpwc.com. Until next week, this has been The Personal Wealth Coach.